why is it so complicated? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fuck yeah. <laughs> that is, I called it that because that's the phrase that I heard coming out of my friends' mouths the most and, you know, even mine when I was dating. And mm-hmm. I just heard that so many times, like, why is it so complicated? So I started doing research on, like, why is it so complicated? Cool. So, yeah. All right. Welcome to the Believe, Be Real, Be Bold podcast for authentic dating. I'm your host, Dave Glazer, personal trainer and Enneagram fanatic in Denver, Colorado. After going through a couple of breakups in 2017, I realized I needed to take personal responsibility and truly dig deep into the repeated patterns to discover where I was going wrong in my dating life. Come with me on the path to authenticity, where each week, I interview experts and real-life daters to uncover what it is that's holding us back in our most important relationships. Sylvie Tarpinian lives locally here in Denver, Colorado, and is finishing up her book, Why Is It So Complicated? She joins me on this week's podcast episode to talk all things dating, from where to meet your ideal guy to dating your guy friends. She believes that fear is what holds us back in relationships. And that fear is that we will not be accepted if we show up as our authentic selves. And we find that to be a very common answer when we ask our expert and real life daters that come onto the podcast. I too have had this fear that if I am too transparent or completely forthcoming with my intentions, I will be rejected quickly for another option that's more mysterious or funnier or better looking. And Sylvie and I sit down and we talk about that. Sylvie's mission is to help people learn how to date in a way that is enjoyable rather than emotionally draining and painful. Stay tuned for the release date of her new book in 2020 by connecting with her on Instagram at starpin21 or on Facebook at Sylvie Tarpinian. Recently, what I'm uncovering through interviews and reading more extensively into modern dating is that there's some truth to leaving a little bit of mystery for your date to uncover as you get to know each other. However, becoming our authentic self is part of the journey to finding lasting love. And that's truly what attracts another to you. So while you may not air it all out on the first date, you can still be mysterious and authentic all at the same time. Join us for our live webinar this coming Thursday with Thomas Suski and myself to learn more about how to tell if you're getting played by the game, what it takes to attract your ideal partner, and so much more. Click the link in the bio, on YouTube, the blog post, or here in your favorite podcast app. That webinar is February 6th, Thursday evening at 7.30 and completely free. So join us now. I think there's only about three spots left. Without further delay, let's get into today's episode with Sylvie Tarpinian. Hey guys, welcome back to the Be Lead, Be Real, Be Bold podcast. I'm honored to invite into my home uh, Sylvie Tarpinian. Tarpinian. Tarpinian, like Kardashian, but Tarpinian. Yeah, Tarpinian. <laughs> and we have an extra special um, reason for meeting today because we met on social media. Mm-hmm. And then when we started to understand who and what we were doing and the purposes <laughs> behind why we were doing what we were doing, we just decided that we had to meet and we had to talk. Yep. Right? Yep. So <laughs> let's start with uh, why did you decide to write this book called Why Is It So Complicated? Yeah. So um, I started writing this book um, in my early 20s called Why Is It So Complicated? Because that was the phrase that kept coming out of just about all of my friends' mouths when it came to dating. 
And um, I myself had that struggle, you know, in my early 20s. I was single for a good three, four years here in Denver. And I just was wondering that same thing. Why is it so complicated? Why is there so much disconnect between men and women? Why can't the ones that like you, you know, why can't you like them? And um, why are people constantly getting into relationships that are not right for them and breaking up and making up? And so I started just researching that. What, what did you find first? What was like the first standout takeaway that, that you came across? Um, I think, you know, I, I delve in, I delved into a lot of research online, especially in like eBooks. And I, I actually found quite a few of these, uh, as they're called dating gurus online in my early twenties. And I, I started noticing, you know, there was a lot of trends uh, out there, especially information for women about, you know, how to get the guy to like you and how to get him attracted and how to hook him. And, um, some of the advice was helpful, but I was kind of more and more as I was learning and then trying some of these things out um, and then just real dating, you know, and then adding in like the real emotion and the real attraction and the chemistry. Um, I just start, kind of started noticing that it's not something that you can just read in a book and just know, like it comes with a lot of experience. And what I found was really lacking there also was just the um, really truly understanding the opposite sex. And so that's kind of something that I wanted to add into my book because I was so frustrated, I think, with men <laughs> that I was just like, gosh, you know, and at first it just came about the like how to attract them. And then it was like got a lot deeper than that. And it became more about I really, truly want to understand men and I want to understand um, what they need, how they date. Um, I mean, what attracts them is definitely part of that, but that's just a small, a small part. What was frustrating you so much about men in your 20s? <laughs> um, I think that, I, you know... Maybe I, I can shed some light on it. <laughs> I hope so. You shed some light for a lot of women. Um, I think that the most frustrating thing for me was that um, they did not think the way that I thought. And I didn't understand, you know, when, when I was in an early on dating situation, they were experiencing something different than I was experiencing, I realized. And the less that I knew <laughs> about what, you know, I, I never even had asked myself that question of like, wh what is it like to be a young, you know, good looking man with a lot of stuff going for him and be dating? Never even asked myself that question. Everything was from my perspective. So. I don't have any answers there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I just, I just thought like, you know, in, in early on dating and especially modern dating now, how it is. And I mean, it's changed over the years with social media, but traditionally it's that a guy and a girl, they, they meet each other. They like each other. There's this attraction, there's chemistry. And then if he likes her enough, he gets up the courage to ask her out on a date. If she's interested, she accepts, they go, you know, have dinner somewhere and he sometimes spends a lot of money and they drink a lot of alcohol. And then, you know, they, one thing leads to another. And very often you put yourself in a situation where your inhibitions are very lowered and you're attracted to somebody and you end up in bed. And then the next day it's like, you know, if, as a girl, you're like, gosh, I hope he calls me again. You know? Mm -hmm. And I was so tired of dating that way. And I, although I didn't go on a lot of dates like that, I did see between myself and my friends, you know, it was kind of this common situation that kept happening over mm -hmm. and over. And, um, I, I just was interested to see like 
if dating could be more fun than that, yeah, if maybe I understood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it, it definitely started with trying to understand the opposite sex. So I try to help women understand, you know, their male partners and do the same for men and help them mm-hmm. understand their female partners, be, partners, because our brains are different and they work differently. Totally. What are some of the things that you uncovered about why a guy wouldn't call after a first date like that? Um, I mean, there's several reasons. Um, I would say, so like the danger of that kind of a connection early on, that physical connection, um, when you're attracted to somebody is very often like we get too attached to somebody that's not right for us. And, um, rather than like stepping back and evaluating whether or not they're really going to be like a good match down the line, we, we set ourselves up almost for failure with this traditional dating prototype basically. Um, and what I learned about men, for instance, is that they don't connect or fall in love the same way, same way that women do. And for women, you know, sometimes for women, sex means relationship. And for men, sex does not mean relationship. And so there's this huge disconnect there. And so, you know, I went through it a little bit and I watched my friends go through it and, you know, and then often the times that would happen early on and then the guy wouldn't call because he'd take out, you know, somebody who could very well be a quality woman, but we think because things got physical too fast, that chase was gone, you know, and I'm sure you're familiar with that. Um, And then um, I I had this, I had a, a, I have an ex-boyfriend that I dated for a very long time and He's Italian, ex-military, and so blunt. I mean, this man is so blunt. And he told me, you know, back in the day in his early 20s, he dated around a lot. Um, You know, sometimes he was dating multiple women at a time, sleeping with multiple women. You know, he's early 20s, having fun. And um, he would tell me, you know, sometimes he said, I dated some of the greatest women, beautiful, financially stable. You know, he dated one woman that had a great career already, owned a home in her early 20s. I mean, she was just incredible. Um, But it it was the same thing. It was like if they slept together too early on, it was like that whole attraction would just like go way down. The mystery was gone. The mystery was gone. The chase was gone. Yeah. And I actually, um, I had learned... um, in some of my research, actually, because I'm a psychology nerd and I understand, or I like learning about the brain <laughs> and I like learning about brain chemistry. And for men, actually, that is the having sex is something that actually lowers their uh, ability to um, bond. Mm-hmm. Whereas women, their hormone, their bonding hormone goes way up after mm-hmm. sex. So there's that disconnect too. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of times, you know, and then these guys aren't calling these great girls because they're completely discounting them because they're like, oh, she gave it up too early or, you know, had some kind of judgment about her or just plain old the attraction was gone. It could have just been a chemical thing. Um, could be a number of things, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I found that that's definitely a good way to get a guy not to call this to jump into bed too early. <laughs> So if I'm being honest, <laughs> I think honesty is key. I think yeah. that, um, addressing that common frustration, mm-hmm. um, I don't hear it as much anymore because, um, women are taking on an empowerment and they're mm-hmm. being sexually liberated and yeah. that's amazing mm-hmm. if that's their choice. Right. But if mm-hmm. somebody like myself or even a woman is looking for a relationship, that might not be their right. course of action. Right. So you switched now and, and you make them wait. Um, I, you know, and, and that's really funny because I've like heard a lot of people say like, oh, you make them wait or, or wait until the third date. Um, what I try to follow by now and what I try to 
tell, you know, young women that are dating, my best advice is like, wait until he's shown you what's in here and in his heart first. You know, like if you can get to know kind of like a little bit more about what he's all about, what his interests are, what his life goal is, what's important to him. And, and he's shown you that because some men are so much more open than others. Some men, it'll take months to get, you know, them to show you what's going on in their head and their heart. Other guys will show it to you the first day. So, you know, mm -hmm. it just really kind of depends. Um, but yeah, I mean, and meeting, meeting your, each other's circles, meeting your family, friends, it just tells a lot about somebody and who they are. And, um, I think in my opinion, one of the most big relationship challenges is trust. Um, a lot of the times there's jealousy and mistrust. And I think that that sometimes comes again, when you get physical too early, you don't meet each other's networks really. Um, if you do, sometimes they'll just be honest with you. I dated a couple guys where I was like really early on and their friends were they're not shy about warning me. I mean, they're about their oh, own. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Absolutely. You know, they're, it's kind of like, Oh, you know, I don't know about this. They'll throw them under the bus. Sure. <laughs> I totally throw them. Throw that them sounds under the pretty bus. savage. I know. Right. <laughs> it is kind of savage, but you know, you get to see somebody um, in their natural environment and they're more comfortable. When yeah, they're they're going to act more like themselves around yes. their friends and family. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so you can kind of just get to know somebody and, you know, I, I dated differently in my early twenties than I have in my thirties. And in my thirties, um, dating was actually really fun for me because, um, I didn't try to go so fast. You know, I, I was, um, I was, I was enabling myself to date multiple people, um, by keeping things just a lot more casual, a lot more friendship oriented, um, because I just really wanted to get to know, um, the person I wanted them to really get to know me first. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it was strange. And I, I have a couple friends that kind of started doing the same thing. And what we all realized is that, that there, you know, there's a couple times where you'd go on dates and you'd think like, wow, I'm really into this person, really attracted to this person. You'd go on a third or fourth without getting physical. And then you're like, Oh man, maybe not. Like maybe this person isn't for me that, you know, their life goal is, doesn't line up with mine. And, yeah. you know, and, and I, I think about sometimes how different things would have been if those relationships had maybe gotten physically serious quickly. Right. So your selection process has changed. Yes. And it sounds like you're vetting your dating partner more than you had in the past. Yeah. Meeting, meeting the different friend groups is part of the vetting process. I just mm -hmm. finished Dr. Stan Tatkin's Wired for Dating book. Uh -huh. It's a good one. I recommend it for everybody. <laughs> but he's saying it from the perspective of, if I'm seeing somebody, I want her to meet my friends so my friends can vet her. Mm, Not okay, so yeah. much so that like um, she can ask my friends about me. Right. Because I've had friends stand up for me and say, Dave's a straight up guy. He's a good yeah. guy. And then I made wrong choices in the relationship sure. um, in my younger days. And that wasn't in alignment with who my friends said I was. Yeah. So it's not so much like you're vetting him through his friends. It's the other way around. Yeah. According to Stan Tackett. I think it can be both. Mm -hmm. I think it absolutely can be both because, and your friends' opinions are very important. Um, you know, depending on again, like your circle. You know, and again, it's like everybody's going to have different opinions. And I always say, you know, with all my friends that got married, my best marriage advice ever is be careful who you get advice from. Same thing with dating. You know, be careful who you're getting your advice from because if you're getting it from somebody that's kind of an emotional wreck <laughs> and they're telling you like, oh, that girl's great for you or that girl, you might just be like, mm, I might want to ask like my mom or like my, my buddy Dave, <laughs> you know, because Dave's <laughs> like a healthy person, you know, so like look kind of at what they're doing and be like, 
you know, I don't, I don't know about this. So like consider the source? Consider the source. Yeah. <laughs> Take it with consider. a grain of salt. <laughs> yes, exactly. But yeah, I mean, it's really nice, you know, early on to see before we get so attached to somebody that's not right for us, it's nice to kind of see how they engage with the people around us mm -hmm. and the people that love us the most. And mm -hmm. like we talked about earlier, you know, just being yourself, you, you know, I know I can be the most myself around my close friends and I've had other times you know where the situation wasn't like that where I've dated guys that never met my friends I was never around my friends and um I know like one guy in particular I just I, I could not be cool around him like I just could not ever, like the maybe the first day I was myself and then he was probably like where'd that cool chick go because I just shut down clammed up and I got so nervous and completely just shut down and was it and, about approval was it about... Um, yeah, yeah, I think so, because I just had so many insecurities back then. Um, and I, I wonder sometimes, you know, like, would I have opened up more, maybe if I was more around my group of friends, you know, and more comfortable? Um, I mean, it might not have made a difference just because of the state that I was in, because in my, you know, early 20s, I was very... I was still pretty emotionally immature. I was still dealing with a lot of... Um, issues. I finally went to some trauma therapy in my early twenties and dealt with stuff from my childhood. Um, and so I was, I was kind of an emotional mess. Um, but You're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of us really are. I mean, we all pretend like we're not. Um, but yeah, I just, um, I wondered, you know, if, if things might've, if things might be different or now, you know, in, in the future, I mean, there's really nothing you can do about the past, but in the future, I definitely, recommend having your friends around because you know especially if you're somebody that's not super outgoing or somebody that's not able to open up very easily it's kind of nice to have your comfort there and can you build a foundation of, of a relationship with the crutch of your friend group around too often um yeah yeah I think so because I mean obviously if you're not spending enough time alone with somebody you're like okay who are you though <laughs> yeah and what are your intentions here right. are, am I in the friend zone too yeah like, uh -huh. That's the danger of spending too much time with your friends, right? Yeah, with the person you're dating mm -hmm. um, or wanting to date or whatever. However, picking somebody out of your friend group is not such a bad idea, right. either. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if there's definitely there's attraction there, and there's some situations where two people are really good friends and they just never knew that they were attracted to each other, um, kind of spontaneously yeah. arose out of a, a yeah. short term or long term friendship. Yeah, and I've had some guys. You know, I've had I have. Honestly, just wonderful, wonderful guy friends in my life. I've had some in my life um, even, like, since college. Um, and I've had on occasion, you know, a couple of them kind of come out and say, like, hey, can we do this maybe? And, and <laughs> you know, and, like, I mean, great, guys. But, again, you know, there's that attraction factor. And if it's not there, sure. you know, it, and it's not that they're not great-looking dudes, you know. It's just they're giving it's, you the sales it's a chemistry thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just it's a chemistry thing. And it's kind of, you know, attraction is very often about intangible things. And you can't always choose who you're attracted to or not. Careful, um, careful there but, when, like, the attraction is so strong. Yeah. Because you're talking about getting attached to somebody exactly. very quickly. And that's if you don't know them. Uh -huh. Yeah, absolutely. So the that's why I, I highly recommend it. And the more attracted you are... Maybe, you know, if the you don't know them, you the slower you go, because you're like, okay, I'm really, really attracted here, but I got to find out who you are and mm -hmm. like what you want. And Let's pump the brakes a little bit because mm -hmm. I'm really attracted to you, but mm -hmm. maybe that's a, maybe that's a signal flare that your gut instinct is showing you. Mm -hmm. So what was it like dating as Miss Oregon? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I talk about this um, early on in my book, actually. So 
I think what triggered this whole, you know, researching about men and um, girls, you know, I mean, and guys, of course, we all struggle with this self-esteem thing. And I grew up kind of in a unconventional family and I was never like a beauty queen or popular in high school. You know, I kind of just floated around. I was kind of a theater nerd. And um, so, you know, I started doing pageants during college just for a couple years. And I kind of had this very stupid, honestly, belief, like now looking back on it, I, I, I think how almost ridiculous this is, but I, I think back then I thought, you know, cause I had trouble dating back then, of course. And I just thought, man, if I could like, if I could win Miss Oregon, I could have any guy. And that was just so wrong. Like it was just the most wrong thought ever because it had nothing really to do with that. And quite honestly, after I became Miss Oregon, my dating life actually got worse, not better. Um, I started attracting men or having men come towards me, uh, that were not really looking for a real person. You know, very often they were attracted to me for superficial reasons, um, and not really looking for what I was looking for. And I also wasn't really used to that kind of attention before. So I didn't really know how to handle it. It was hard for me to decipher who was being genuine. Um, and things actually, I, things got worse there for a while. And so I, I thought, okay. You know, that was a really wrong thought. So I've got to do, I've got to research this and kind of figure out what's going on here and, and what, what the real key is, um, to, to attraction and dating and, uh, and the like and relationships, of mm -hmm. course. So yeah, I kind of started le learning. <laughs> and there was a much bigger reason for you to do Miss Oregon and then a, a recent competition too. You have a philanthropy side, like you're passionate about, um, nonprofits like, what were we just talking about? Oh, yeah. Um, dogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, and gosh, that old saying of like, if, you know, if your wife loved you like your dog, um, dogs are just amazing. They're a huge passion of mine just because they're so, their love's so unconditional. Um, but yeah, I, I recently discovered a few years ago uh, about the dog meat trade that was going on in a lot of Asian countries, China and Korea. Um, they have these... Uh, they used to have a, a very large dog meat festival and um then they and this is so well like let's talk about dating talk about dog meat um <laughs> but you know it all goes together right it does um, yeah. <laughs> somehow it does we'll get um, there I promise. <laughs> so um yeah so i'm really into organizations like humane society international that um go in and they shut down these dog meat farms essentially and they buy out the entire farm and then they find homes foster homes and and permanent homes for um, the doggies. Mm -hmm. And was that one of the reasons why you were sharing your Maxim Cover Girls? Yes, that journey? was a huge reason. Um, and, and that was, you know, with Maxim, it, it, I was so scared to even do that in the first place. And that came out of me getting out of a very long-term relationship and kind of just rediscovering me because no matter what you do, I mean, even if you're in the healthiest of relationships, sometimes, you know, you can get a little bit lost on, on your way and, and things, there was a lot of energy that was put into that relationship. And, um, you know, and, and my father passed away about three and a half years ago. So I was dealing with a lot myself. And, um, so, I, you know, just having, I felt like I was in kind of a, a state of gloom for a while there and, you know, gained some weight and, just wasn't entirely happy with myself. So then after I had gotten out of that relationship and I started to 
spend more time with me <laughs> and learn to love myself again and love my body again. And I had more time, you know, to go hit the gym and work out and, um, started coming out of my, my, you know, funk and start coming out a little bit out of my grief a little bit more. Um, and I just thought, why not, you know, why not do this? Why not put myself out there, do something scary? The worst that is going to happen is everybody's going to hate it. <laughs> But whatever, like, yeah. you know, I just thought, why not? And then, you know, I had this platform of, of um, educating people about the dog meat farms and the programs that shut those down. And mm -hmm. a lot of people don't know about it. Mm -hmm. So, And I bring this all up because it does tie into dating. Now, let's say that we go on two or three dates and you're trying to vet your date of like, what's his purpose? Mm -hmm. What's his life's mission? What's his career like? What is yeah. he passionate about? And were you finding guys at any time in your life asking you about this passion or any other passion that you had? Um, yeah, I would say so. I, I think just the dynamic of dating, I tend to be more of a question asker, I think, because um, I am so curious. And honestly, my, my favorite question actually to ask on a date uh, is what is your self-worth wrapped up in? Because that says a lot about somebody. Um, and I think especially, you know, when you're getting to, to know kind of like a partner and whether or not they're right for you, that's a really good question to ask because if their values or their self-worth is wrapped up in something that's just not even close to what you're wrapped up in, it's going to be kind of tough down the road or if mm -hmm. their, their end goal in life is going to be way different than yours or it's not something you can get on board with, you know, you definitely want to want to know <laughs> so you're asking a values-based question mm -hmm. do you phrase it like that because that's do. very that's very poignant and mm -hmm. that's direct and yeah. to the point it's not the first question I ask <laughs> <laughs> usually like I asked I'm like what's your favorite color okay now what's your self-worth wrapped up in um, actually I think, you, I think you asked my social security I number did. next so you're you, outing me <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Sylvie has three I'm questions I think I'm hilarious we think you're funny too <laughs> Sylvie has three questions what's your favorite color what's your social security number yeah. and what is your self-worth tied up in yes. wrapped up in? yes that's a great question ladies great question to ask a guy the social security number that comes later oh. <laughs> <laughs> right before jail um, <laughs> have you done any time <laughs> no not yet not yet but I plan on it um I do a little bit of acting and so I mean as you know like most actors and actresses like I'm I'm, I'm preparing to go to the clink at some point. <laughs> You're just going all in, aren't you? You're just yeah. going all in. I'm preparing. <laughs> and let's let's just say that like uh, a guy has a true purpose mm -hmm. and a mission for his life and a vision. Um, does that immediately make you feel like you can become a part of like the we or have your relationship um, bubble with him? If it's something I can get on board with, yeah. Absolutely. You know, if, if I'm going on a date with somebody who says like, oh, I want to do, you know, I don't want to live in the U.S. I want to go do mission work in Africa for the rest of my life. I might be like, okay, that's fantastic for you. That's wonderful. But like, do I see this being marriage and me going with you? Probably not going to be a good fit. Like you need somebody that that's their heart too and that mm -hmm. that's where they want to go. Otherwise, you're going to get end up in one of those situations where you get super attached to each other. You love each other, but your life missions are totally different. Yeah. And then you have a really hard decision to make. So, um, yeah, I mean, or, you know, if they say like, Hey, I just like to go on occasion and do mission work. 
They're like, sure, I can get on board with that. So yeah, it just really depends on what they, on, on where they want to go, I guess, and how extreme that purpose and vision is and whether or not I can get on board with it. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I went on a first date recently, a really nice girl. Mm -hmm. And within the first few minutes, um, she mentioned how like moving to Seattle or Dallas was a possibility with yeah. her job. Mm -hmm. And me, it's not like I got triggered by that. It was mm -hmm. just like, okay, now is not the appropriate time for me to be thinking about how I feel about that decision coming from your place because it's a first date. Yeah. But also, it caused me to upper limit myself on the date. Yeah. Sure. I actually was like, okay, my gut instinct was saying, that's not the right fit for me. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's self-sabotage the rest date. <laughs> and not, did you? Did you I ask did, for actually, social security No, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do that. But I definitely did. I, I wasn't drinking on this date because I don't prefer to drink on a first date. It's like, Which is a good choice. It good choice of, for everybody listening. First date, not a good choice to have alcohol always. It kind of clouds <laughs> my um, obs observations of who this person is. Yeah. I can actually start to create this um, maybe false identity of who mm -hmm. they are through the veil of alcohol. Yeah. So I wasn't drinking on this first date. And the upper limiting that I was doing was simply just letting um, – Let's not call it upper limiting per se, but really becoming a truer version of myself because mm -hmm. I had no investment in the outcome. Yeah. I'm like, what if we date for two weeks and she moves to Dallas? I got nothing to lose here. Yeah. Let's become more of myself mm -hmm. than ever before on a date by making jokes that I wouldn't normally make yeah. or telling stories I wouldn't normally tell. Mm -hmm. And some would say that's upper limiting because like mm -hmm. you're sabotaging it before it even gets started. But me, I think of it as like, well, if she's not going to accept this person who's showing up authentically and having fun yeah. and like, um, this is all subconscious, of course, but I'm having fun on this date. I thought it was a great date. I told my friend Jess, Jess, I just went on the best first date ever. I didn't hear back from her. <laughs> like we, to we totally got two different versions of the same thing. I love how you there. just come in like, I'm super excited about this and I didn't hear back. I'm, I'm the same way. Like enthusiastic fail. Like I just... I'm yep. failing forward here. I love it. Yeah. I'm I'm learning um how when I show up as my authentic self and it's not the right fit for the other person. Yeah. Great, that's a win. Yeah. I'm not wasting my time. Exactly. And I'm not wasting their time either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I love I absolutely love that. And um, you know, and the reason that I had more fun dating more recently was because, you know, in my twenties it was like having that end goal, that expectation of like, this has got to end in a relationship, you know, first date. And, and we, I think, I think we often go into that, especially if we really, really want a relationship. It's like, okay, it's, you know, like, like as if you don't have a job and you're just like aggressive desperation to like get this job, you know, and, and then out of that aggressive desperation, we don't act like ourselves at all. But like you said, you know, when you're kind of like, wow, I really don't care about the end, you know, the outcome at the end, I'm just going to be myself. So when I, I enabled myself to do that by telling the gentleman that I went on dates with, I'm like, look, I'm just looking for friendship. And it was true. I wasn't being dishonest about that. I wasn't looking for hookups. I told them straight up. I had several men actually that I was like, hey, just so you know, you know, because they wanted to meet. And I was like, just so you know. Not a hookup type of girl. That's not what I'm looking for right now. I'm looking for friendship. You know, I just got out of a relationship. I'm looking to get to know people, um, increase my social network. And, you know, and I tell them that because I'm like, look, I don't want to waste your time. So if you're looking for just kind of an easy, like, hookup situation, 
I don't want to waste your time because that's you. Mm -hmm. And if that's what you want to do, I'm like, go do that. And it would make you uncomfortable with the over-pursuit of the physical relationship. Right. And I just wanted to be very clear about my intentions, you know, and, and very clear about how quickly I was willing to move. And, you know, there were some guys that just were like, cool, peace, see ya. And I was like, great. That's fantastic. You know, that's great because we're not wasting each other's time because if that's what they're looking for, you know, and there are girls that are looking for that too. Just that wasn't what I was looking for. But, but going in there with that mentality of like friendship, I want to connect with this person. I was so much more able to authentically show up as me. And, and a lot of my relationship fails in the past have been because that authentic me has failed to show up. So, you know, I get nervous and then, and it's been such a shame, you know, because Sometimes, you know, there could have been some better connections, maybe, um, if I had showed up authentically as myself. Mm-hmm. I can, I can see that happening a lot. At least you know your intentions. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always tell our, our audience and my clients that I work with that that's our first step, mm-hmm. is know what you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Because then you can weed out those who are not looking for the same thing you are. Exactly. But if you end up telling somebody okay, these are my intentions, but that's not true at all. Mm-hmm. Now you're wasting both your time. Right. Yeah. Because one person's thinking one thing and the other person's thinking the other. Yes. And that is why it's so complicated. <laughs> that's another reason why it's so complicated. It's like, and when you're not, you know, when two people are also aren't authentic about what they're looking for, because, you know, there's been also situations where the guy comes in and says like, oh yeah, I'm looking for a relationship because that's what she, he thinks that she wants to hear, uh-huh. but he really just kind of wants a little, yeah. you know, tug and giggle and <laughs> he'll, he'll say what he's going to say. To yeah. And then wants. she's like, oh yeah, I don't really want a relationship, but that's not what, you know, so then it turns this opposite way and right. you're like, oh, what, what happened here? You know? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, not being honest uh, about not knowing your intention and then not being honest about your intention can definitely make things complicated. So is yeah. that part of the game that's happening out there? Um, I would say a game, maybe. <laughs> I think that, yeah, I mean, I think that there is some some game playing. Um, I mean, one of the things that I like to teach people, mostly women, again, about is how to identify um, if somebody's really ready for a relationship and how to identify your, in yourself if you're ready for a relationship. Because back in my 20s, I wanted a relationship so badly and I was not even close to ready. If I was being perfectly honest with myself, I wasn't even close to ready. I was not happy with myself, Didn't wasn't clear on who I was looking for, what I was looking for. Um, and it just caused me a lot of misery because I was really just looking kind of for like a Band-Aid. I call them Band-Aids. You know, people that you bring into your life to cover up a wound that you don't want to deal with, you know, a placeholder. Yes. Um, yeah. a distraction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot. Um, and a lot of my guy friends have admitted to using short term band-aids or getting physical, you know, with girls. But, um, and, and that was one of the trickiest ones I think to spot was I talk about in my book, um, how to recognize if a man is, ready for a relationship or not, and some things to look for. So one of them is if a man is very deeply heartbroken. And and that that's a harder one to spot because very often they, they're not, you know, going to come to dinner and be like, guess what? <laughs> I'm heartbroken and a mess. Like, he's probably not going to tell you that. Which, again, is why it's really important to, if you don't know somebody, really get to know that person. Because if you hold off long enough, sometimes on the physical stuff and not get attached too quickly – He'll tell you, you know, I've had some guy friends that I've gone on a couple early on dates with, we're friends, 
And then after knowing them for about a week or two, it comes out like, oh, yeah, I'm recently out of relationship and very much in heartbreak. Mm -hmm. So glad that I learned that earlier on. And and then it's even better because it makes the friendship better, you know, because then I'm like, well, guess what? I'm a great friend to have. (laughs) And you can relate to you have a perspective, a unique perspective on on how you've come out of it. Yeah. As well as how to recognize it when it's going to happen in the future, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I mean, who hasn't dealt with heartbreak like once or my case, like, <laughs> my case, like 50 times, <laughs> 50 times. Is that an exaggeration? No. Yes. That's a complete exaggeration, but, um, a lot. Yeah. I mean, a lot of heartbreak for sure. Yeah. Are we setting ourselves up for it? Um, by going in too soon after a breakup or, yeah. or by, not being as authentic or vulnerable or transparent as we could be. And we're setting ourselves up for failure and heartbreak. Yeah, I think so. And, and that's, again, comes from like that wanting, you know, that sense of urgency. Like I need a relationship right now before actually doing the work because it's going to come out. You know, yeah. it's like you can cover that up as long as you want. Like you can cover maybe it. you can hide your shit maybe. for a while. Yeah. But maybe. then it's, it's going to come out. So, and it's going to come out sometimes in rear its ugly head and, and, and manifest itself in the relationship as, you know, jealousy of our partner, um, blaming them, codependency. Absolutely. Um, blame, you know, all kinds of stuff uh-huh. will come out. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're discussing a lot of the reasons why it's so complicated. Mm. How do we simplify the dating experience to enjoy it and to have it be fun and with still with the intention of finding a partner? Um, no. It's not possible. It's not possible. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Is that because there's two individuals coming together to try and basically form an agreement of like, here's who I am, here's who you Mm -hmm. are, this is what we agreed to do for now, and then we have to rewrite that agreement over and over and over again until one of us goes. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's so funny because, um, you know, and I'm totally joking about all that, but I mean, there's always going to be some complication, and we need to get comfortable with the fact that any relationship, even a healthy relationship, is going to be complicated in ways. You're going to have to come to agreements on things or compromises. You're going to have arguments, you know. Um, you know, there's like a healthy way to fight and a toxic way to fight. But it's good, there's going to be fighting. Like it's just going to happen. You know, you're going to be in disagreements um, as you're getting to know somebody. Um, but I think that dating can be really fun. Like I said, is if you, if you can kind of pump the brakes on the physical stuff. Um, it can be really fun. And for me, like my personal choices that I, I'm not, I don't like to be sleeping with one person and then dating around because for me, sleeping with someone kind of closes off my options. I don't feel comfortable sleeping with one person and then dating a bunch of people and like going on a bunch of dates. So, um, that's kind of my reasoning for not doing that, you know, and I'm very honest about that. And I think, uh, you know, I've, and I've seen this, I've experienced it where people are not really very forthcoming about like how they date, you know, some people are move a little slower. I actually had to have a guy friend that was kind of dating a girl and she was a very slow mover and he didn't know that about her because she didn't say it. So instead of just telling him that it came out as, you know, like you're, you're putting too much pressure on this and you're being weird and you're, you know, and he's just kind of like, wait, what, what's going on here? I'm just trying to get to know you. And, um, you know, if she had just said like, Hey, I really like you. Don't doubt that. But I'm a really, really slow mover. 
Mm-hmm. Or if she, you know, maybe he's not ready for a relationship. She's not ready for somebody to get too close. And she could say, I really like you, but it's just going to be friendship now. It's going to be really slow moving because I'm just not there, you mm-hmm. know. But it's like how often do we show up on those dates and, and, are, and are super honest about where we're at or super honest with ourselves about where we're at, you know. So like for instance, for me, I'm not really dating right now because I'm not in a place where I feel super comfortable, you know, getting, letting anybody super close. So I'm still working on that. I've got some things to do and, um, I got some things in my life and my career that I want to figure out first. So I'm pretty upfront about that right now. That's good. That's a healthy boundary to set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have one healthy boundary, isn't that? High five. I've heard, I've heard a couple other healthy boundaries in there as yeah. well. <laughs> No, but I, when you I make start, fun of myself. When you start with that boundary of like, uh, it's no for everybody who comes in my in my mm-hmm. world right now for these healthy reasons. Like, right. I want to focus on me and my career and mm-hmm. um, moving the ball forward this many yeah. steps mm-hmm. before I say yes to anybody. Right. So it's not just like picking and choosing one out of 30 guys who ask. It's pretty much no across the board. Yeah. But you would accept friendship. Yeah. So absolutely. that healthy boundary creates the boundary from there on out like Mm -hmm. all the trickle down effect that occurs from this one healthy boundary Mm -hmm. because you're starting at the beginning with your intentions yeah takes care of all the other healthy boundaries too and you can solidify those along the way for yourself by yourself in preparation for whatever relationship it is that you're looking for down the road yeah yeah absolutely Mm-hmm. Nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> Podcast done. Over. <laughs> we done. can we can end at episode 109. <laughs> Except it can't be that simple. <laughs> right. No, it's got to so, be more complicated than that. So if your message resonates with somebody, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? To chat, connect, read your book yeah. when it comes out? Um, well, you can always follow me on my social media. Um, I have Instagram at starpin21 is my handle and I'm on, uh, Facebook as Sylvie Tarpinian. You can also email me, um, at S-T-A-R-P-I-N 21 at gmail.com, starpin21 at gmail.com. Okay. And if there's one thing that we briefly touched on that you want us to take away, what's our big... Um, send off message that you want to leave us with today. Um, have fun, <laughs> have fun dating because I mean, we're, we're, we're so focused on this end goal and I've noticed, you know, a lot of us and I mean, men are guilty of this too. A lot of us women are guilty of this. We're like, Oh, you know, I got to find my husband. And it's like the whole, and then once you're married, it's like, you don't get to ever experience that again. You don't ever get to experience dating again and, and have fun with the process because you learn a lot about yourself. You meet all these wonderful people that you won't be able to really hang out with, you know, again, after you find your one. So have fun with it and don't take it too seriously. You know, don't get into things super fast and, um, and laugh as much as possible. I think, you know, like I, that's one of my goals on any date is I'm like, I just want to go and I want to laugh and I want to find out what this person thinks is funny. <laughs> so, and it's been a really great way for me to bond and keep things pretty light. So, and even if it doesn't work out, then you still got a whole list of friends that oh, came I out have of such it. Such amazing friends. Yeah. And they all That's laugh amazing. together. And we laugh. Sometimes they don't laugh at my jokes, but I still laugh at my own jokes. So it's all okay. <laughs> You're one for one. <laughs> one for one. <laughs> well, thank you so very much, thank Sylvie. You. This was so much fun. I laughed a lot. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I did too, mostly myself. And what do you say in the next six to 12 months we follow up, we see how the book is coming along, yeah. and we also just continue to connect and network and improve people's dating lives out there. Absolutely. Sounds fun. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. <laughs>